Welcome to another edition of Telecom Talk, and I'm your host, Joy Milkowski, and I'm here today with NEF Head of Sales, John Pompasello. Welcome, John. How are you doing this morning? I am doing great. Thank you so much. Well, today, you know, we're going to talk about a topic that I've been seeing a lot of uh, headlines and buzz about, but, you know, one of the things I want to do is really sort of dive into it and dissect it, and that is, you know, we're hearing some different buzzwords in, in these conversations, and I think it might be helpful even just to take a step back and say, okay, I'm hearing software-defined networking, I'm seeing software-defined WAN. You know, when you're, when you're discussing these with clients, you know, what, what are the differences in, in these things from SDN and SD and that perspective? Right. So anything that's software-defined networking or WAN or hardware, whatever terminology that's out there, really comes under this uh, umbrella of giving more control over how data flows. So being able to, uh, in a traditional environment, uh, data would flow in a certain path, uh, and this is giving it more options and it's easier to manage. What's happening is some of the providers control that in their core. Some of the providers bring hardware down to the end user premise. So it's almost where is the provider of software-defined networking putting their gateway for you to come into their ecosystem? And those are the differences in the terminology. Uh, that coupled with Everyone's trying to differentiate themselves, and marketing organizations uh, tweak terminology a little bit. And you know, at some point, I'm sure you're going to see a combination of cloud software-defined networking. You know, they, they just they do that, but they all fundamentally mean the same thing. The difference is where are the gateways? Where do they reside? At, at the customer location, in the service provider cloud, um, and the best option often comes down to how what kind of technical resources do you have on hand or not? And those all play a, those all play a factor in, in the decision-making process. That's good to know. So to drill into that just a layer deeper, so which one specifically is SD-WAN then? Where is the gear in, when someone is saying SD-WAN? You know, I, I, I've got like a, a, a little bit of hesitation in there because, you know, like I said, a lot of companies define this differently, but essentially a software-defined WAN would be um, where a lot of the control, a lot of the equipment is in the cloud. So a network administrator can, from what we call one pane of glass, one, one terminal, make global changes to traffic flow, um, where some of the other terminologies are uh, pieces of equipment that will go to end-user environments, and it's saying, listen, you can plug in uh, network from a Tier 1 provider that might cost a little bit more, and then you can plug in network from a Tier 2 or Tier 3 provider, which is cheaper, not as reliable, but this box on-prem is going to blend everything together. You could even plug in wireless and satellite. We're going to blend all of that together, so coming out of your environment, it, it feels like uh, one connectivity pipe. So whether it's you know, software-defined networking or software-defined WAN, the difference is where, where a lot of this gear sits. And again, all of these companies are using uh, similar terminology interchangeably. So there's not, 
you know, it's, it's almost like cloud. What exactly is cloud? There's a lot mm-hmm. of ways of defining that. Sure, that makes sense. Well, then I guess another question I would have, because it's, it's on the minds of everyone right now, is, you know, in a virtualized environment, what are the security issues that are at play there, and should that be a concern with companies considering moving to a more virtualized environment? Um, I have seen... If you look at the adoption curve, um, we're pretty much beyond the bleeding edge, cutting edge individuals. I think we're we're really entering more of the the top of the bell curve. Um, I'm seeing a lot of financial institutions that are utilizing uh, either software-defined networking. MPLS has been around for a very long time. Uh, A lot of different cloud-based products. So I'm not as concerned with security as I was earlier on. Um, I think you have, to, you have to understand what are the regulatory or security requirements your organization has to adhere to or wants to adhere to. And then you have to verify, validate and verify that the service providers you're utilizing adhere to those. Uh, but from a security standpoint, the technology is 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 very secure. I mean, mo- most security breaches uh, now that occur—I shouldn't say most—but you know, a lot of security breaches that do occur happen internally. So you could have a disgruntled employee. So you could have the best network architecture in the world, but if you have somebody on the inside that uh, compromises what's going on, there's only so much protection you can have. Sure. Well, as a, as a parting question, I'm going to ask you, uh, is MPLS dead or dying? No. So MPLS, technology like MPLS will not go away anytime soon because it's still a core backbone for service providers. Um, it still has a, a huge uh, presence. What I see happening is a slower transition. So the way we went from this uh, co-location to cloud, it wasn't like colo was dead and everyone went to cloud. It went from this like slower transition to let me utilize some satellite offices on a software-defined networking. Let me build a hybrid type of a network. Let me see where my cloud strategy is. I don't see that going away anytime soon. What I do see happening, though, is end users having more flexibility and not having to be handcuffed to any one service provider. That was the biggest limitation in the past was when you're really committed to a service provider um, and maybe they were, they were great pre-sales, implementation might have been shaky, um, and then in year two or year three, there was a few mergers and acquisitions. You weren't really happy with that service provider, but it was such a monumental task on switching to somebody else. Uh, I see a lot of those walls going down, which is great because it, it forces service providers to offer the best possible service um, because end users have an option on leaving. And, and here's, here's an example that... Um, some of us can relate to it. One time in life, you got a cell phone, and your cell phone number lived with that carrier, and if that provider 
was providing less than adequate service and you didn't want to lose that number, you were kind of handcuffed and now you can sort of move that number around. It's the same sort of thing in the networking world on how you're able to transition from one technology to another. Well, I really appreciate you shedding light on this. And I know there, there will be a lot more discussion, certainly in the you know, weeks and months and, and even years to come regarding this. But for more information on NEF, you can visit nefiber.com or call 877-DK-FIBER. And John, once again, thank you so much for coming on, and we look forward to more from you in the future. Great. Thanks so much.